what I'm going to be talking about is how do you know if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit? And uh, we've been talking, you know, this for four, uh, this is the fourth week. And if you're going to uh, find notes and stuff, you can download on, if you have the OSC Connect app on your phone, you can download and go to notes and uh, message notes and they'll have a discussion guide in there as well. And so the scripture we started out with was John 16, 7. And I'm just going to go ahead and read it. And it says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, who stands inside, stands next to us, is with us. And he said, if, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. We know that when Jesus walked on this earth, that, you know, if they needed someone to, they were, had a little girl. I mean, you remember the story of Jairus found Jesus, brought him to his house, and people laughed. And he said, Jesus said, she's only asleep. He goes, no. He walked in the room, and he, he prayed over this little girl, and she had a miracle. We, we, we can see different stories when Jesus was around. People would grab him and say, hey, Lord. And, and so Jesus said, it's best that I go away. I'm going to send a comfort of the Holy Spirit. He's going to do my work. But he's going to work through you. Is that all right? To touch people. How many of you believe that God still works miracles? God still does incredible things? God can show up? Come on. I mean, I've walked through nine and a half years of cancer, two forms of cancer. I, I, I shouldn't be up here. It's a miracle that I'm alive. Uh, two months ago, I had the doctor look at me and said, Baba, you know what? You're sitting in that chair, but I don't know anybody else who'd be sitting in that chair with what you've walked through. It's only God. And then... And she said, I'm going to, you're not going to have, I'm not going to have you do any treatments right now. Because I've been, listen, this is what I've done. I've done over 75 plus uh, chemo treatments that I've taken a port uh, last few years. I've done four and a half years of oral chemo, 21 days, seven days off. I've had eight major surgeries. I, I've been radiated on and everything. Is When I go hunting, I tell guys now, I go, don't worry about a flashlight. Just click me on and I glow. And so we can go. But the, the crazy thing is, is that it's a miracle. It, it literally is. And so today, I believe that God is with you. And we want to talk about that. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to send one going to be alongside of you, that's going to be with you, that speaks to you. It's whether or not, listen, how many of you know that even though your parents spoke to you as you were growing up, that didn't mean you always listened? And all the kids are going, oh, Lord, my parents said that too. But anyway, the thing is, is that when the Holy Spirit comes, it's our responsibility that we respond to what the Holy Spirit, what God's speaking to us in our hearts. And so week one, we talked about who the Holy Spirit was. Week two, Pastor Jamie talked, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? And last, last week, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And today, I just want to talk to you about how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? And so uh, last week, he, Pastor Jamie talked about Paul's change, uh, charge to the church, and um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He read Ephesians. He says, don't be drunk with wine because you, that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In, in other words, be filled with the power that, that God wants to give you. I, wanna, I want you to look at, he, he talked about some byproducts of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice that the Apostle Paul focused on before and after in Ephesians, he said, he said, first look at the vessels before you. And he says, uh, Ephesians 5, uh, one, uh, 5 uh, 1 through 2, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in, every, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. And look what he says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. And so let's look at what Paul writes about after, you know, he talks about it. 
that in Ephesians. In Ephesians, he says this, wives, love your husbands and submit to them. Okay? It's hard, you know, it's amazing that, that we, we have a hard time. You may have a hard time struggling with that women because, but sometimes we go to the mechanic and we submit our cars to someone we don't even know and we submit our cars that they're going to fix it. But it says this, here's the key to submission. Is this, the Bible says, Jesus said, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church that he was willing to lay down his life for the church and you're to lay down your life for your wife. Listen, a wife will submit if a husband, she sees her husband's willing to lay down his desires, he, de, lay down things that maybe he wanted to do. I can say this, I, I guide hunts of ducks and geese. I do that uh, also. That's one of my, I don't play golf, I, I hunt, okay? I fish. And so one of the things that I have to do as a guide, I have to show people what to do. You know what I mean? I go, this is your lane. We're in a, we're in a blind. We're in a ditch. We're wherever we are. And I go, this is how you do this. Okay? This is your lane. You shoot here and right here. You don't cross over and shoot right here. You may get shot. You may lose your hearing. You know? And, and so, you know, you have to give people their lane. And God speaking to us is, this is your lane. Woman, this is your lane. Man, this is your lane. And if you do these things, it's going to work out great for you. Because how many of you know that marriage is the hardest job that you'll ever have on the face of this earth? Okay, if you're not shaking your head like this, you're going, we're praying for you. <laughs> it's the hardest job you'll ever do. I've been married 36 years. I love my wife, five kids, nine grandkids. We're still in love. We had to come here this morning from Jennings because our electricity was out. Someone decided it was July 4th and they had a little fun with fireworks and they ran into a pole and over uh, 500 houses are out of electricity till 6 o'clock tonight. And so we're praying, Lord, please, we get home, let the air conditioner, you know. And, and, and so the thing is, is for all of us, when we do our part, it works out. Are you hearing me? And the most mature person in your marriage is the one that is willing to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Hello? Now, none of you have ever had to ask for forgiveness, have you? No one's ever had to go, I was wrong, uh, you know? No, but see, he's talking about these things, and the Bible says children, this is where he says Paul's speaking to people, he said children love their parents by honoring them and parents loving their children. I have a lady that was coming out of one of our campuses a couple weeks ago. She goes, Pastor Bubba, she goes, uh, man, I'm having a hard time, her son's name, is Xavier said, I'm having a hard time Xavier. He's back at college. He's like giving problems. He's the, and I said, well, and I asked, Lawan, let me ask you something. I go, did you ever give your parents trouble? She goes, shut up, Pastor Bubba. <laughs> I said, you know what? You know, we have all, dis how many of you disappointed your parents? Come on, kids, look at that. Your parents did that too. And they're still alive. We all have. But he's saying this, in order, to, and he says, in employees, he says, respecting their bosses and being a hard worker for, you know, being for Jesus. You know, bosses treating their employees with respect and fairness. What Paul is saying, it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It affects every aspect of our life. Hello. If you don't have the love of God in your life, all you are filled with is anger, disruption, you know, no patience. I mean, I go down the list. 
It'd be like reading the, when I was a kid, we used to have TV guides to tell you what's coming on, what was, what was a part. Now you have information. You press on your channel, gives you information, what it's about, what, what you can expect, what the content is. And see, what happens is you don't just have the ability to speak in other languages. You, you, you speak in love. See, a fruitful life is the evidence of a spiritual life. What do you mean? We're going to talk about the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is evident. <laughs> it's just evident. It's like, wow, there's a change. You see, life change is the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit. I have a lady uh, that, that she's in one of our camps. Her name is Miss Jean Letchworth. And Miss Jean, when I first met her, she had a big, like, uh, Virginia Slim 120 cigarette on one hand, and she had a beard in the other. And she goes, why don't you come by my skating rink? Because we're thinking about buying it for one of our, we're going to turn a, a skating rink into a church. And that'd be a whole other thing, holy rollers. But no, I'm not going there. But, and, uh, and so, that's just a bad joke. But, but what happened, and she wanted me to buy it, and ended up, she started, I said, well, I got to the point where we're not going to buy it. We had some land. We weren't going to trade all that. And then, just like how we found this church. I mean, over here was a new age office. Right there where the drums are, so we beat the drums. And then over here was a lawyer's office. This was a dentist's office right in here. There was uh, that office's real estate. This is like, this was everything. We had to look beyond all that to go, hey, wait. And now we're building a new children's section over here, and that's going to be paid off cash in about three weeks, two, three weeks. Aren't you excited about that? We have more room. And when COVID's over, you're going to see these rooms, are, each service is going to be is filled, being filled. I mean, you've seen growth. But right now, it's hard to see it right now because, you know, like, hey, we're, we're socially distancing, okay? But uh, you're here. But I believe that, you know, for many of us, there's many things. So how do you know, here, here's the thing, when Miss Jean, I mean, I remember her giving her heart to the Lord, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Her husband named Kenneth was in a, was an invalid, was in a chair, a uh, 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 wheelchair, electric one. And he wanted to give his life to the Lord. And he goes, I want to give my life to the Lord, but I want to be baptized too, Pastor Baba. And you, you'd have to pick him. And I said, I went over to their house, and we got the biggest glass we could find. And so we poured water on him and baptized him with a cup of water. And God touched him. But it was a life change. Are you hearing me? Three years ago, when we had, remember when we had the floods, it's almost four years now, it hit a lot of places, we served a lot of places, and did a lot of things all throughout this region, and helped people from sandbags to getting water to doing things, we had the governor actually fly the, uh, um, a helicopter and come meet us at the Crowley campus and thanked us for what we were doing in this region, it was kind of cool, we, got, we didn't do it to get recognition, are you hearing me? But we have a guy that his name's John Marceau. He owns Marceau's Clothing and Jennings. And he, he'd been disenfranchised with where he was at in his life and his walk with God. And he hadn't gone to church where he was, grew up uh, for six weeks. And that was not like him. And I got up on a Sunday and I, told, I got up to the church and said, hey, when the flood was happening, I go, look, we're not going to have church today. We're going to go be the church. We're going to serve people in our community. And, he, and a friend came over to him and said, hey, did you hear about our Savior's church at the Jenny's camp? He goes, no, well, what happened? He says, they're not having church. They said they're going to go be the church and serve people. And he came because of that, got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, through a freedom conference that we did, God revolutionized his life. 
And when he prays for you, I mean, he grew up Catholic too. He was 63. Okay? Then now there's a life change, and all of a sudden he's a totally, if he prays for you, you feel like he's been, he knows he's been knowing God for 40 years. Just God. And, and like, I used to go to a store, and I'd go, hey, Mr. John, and we knew each other before, and I'd, when I leave, I go, man, I love you. And he goes, ooh, a man telling you love him in South Louisiana? I mean, what kind of man are you? And he said, that just kind of got him. And he said, after a while, he goes, I realized, wait a minute. I know what it is now. He goes, because he goes this, I wasn't a hugger. How many of people just aren't huggers? I, I, my, I'm motivated like, you ever see the love languages and some people quality time, some people physical touch, you know. I mean, in my family, they kiss you on the lips, hug you. Come on, Shad, come on now. Momo got some coffee. You want some? You know, I mean, you, you, come on. Yeah. If you go and that, that's just, a, you know. And he goes, I wouldn't hug her. Now, if you meet him today, he's a greeter. He's a hugger. He's, he's just a lover of people because it's a transformation. God brings transformation. Why is it so important what we're talking about? Because here's the life change is evident. How do you know an apple tree is healthy? It gives off healthy apples. Okay? You see... See the great truths you learned in our Savior's church? Anyway, but what is, what is this? So, what's so important? When you produce much fruit, John 15, 8 says, you are my disciples. This brings great glory to God. God wants you and I to live a fruitful life. Why? Because God gets the glory when we do. And, and as his disciples, you bear much fruit, the Bible. See, for the rest of this series, we're going to talk about two fruits. And, I want, and what God wants to produce in our lives. Here's the first one. Write it down because we're going to go through this. If you have notes, if you have your app, that's good. The first one is inner fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. The inner fruit. What do you mean? Galatians 5, through 25 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Look at what he says. Here's a list. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. I've never seen anybody arrested for being too patient. I've seen them getting too angry, but not too patient. And he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the, the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. In other words, I've died of that. I've given my life to Jesus. The old man has died. That person that didn't, didn't love God, didn't know God. It was religion. Because see, I could come today and I could give you religion on this, on this screen, on this wall. And I'd say, this is religion. I mean, a religion doesn't change you. It'll conform you. It'll tell you, no, can't do this, can't do that. It's about the don'ts. I remember I told Jamie, and I said, you know, when you serve God, it's not about, it's not about what you don't do. It's about what you can do. See, religion, you know, gives you rules and regulations, relationships, you fall in love. You're motivated by different kind of, your, your heart changes and you're motivated by love. God's love. You see, so verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. We're going to talk more about this just in a moment. But the second fruit, because I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere. It's like the travel channel. We're tra- I'm giving you all the instructions, how we get, but we're going somewhere. Is that all right? The second is outer fruit, partnership with the Spirit to win 
souls or to win people, to make disciples. That means that, means that you become a follower of Jesus. Everywhere you go, see, uh, you're looking for an, you'll be looking for an opportunity to share Jesus with people. Proverbs said the fruit of righteousness is the tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. What does it mean to win souls? That you share with them about what God has done in your life, then he can do the same in theirs. See, we talk about this. See, when I go, I can go to McDonald's. I don't go there, but if I go there, I'm going to order a Big Mac, fries, and I'm going to find some way I can talk to you about Jesus. That's just the way I'm motivated. You see, we, and we're going to talk more about this on, in, the, the ser- in this series on July 19th. But here's the thing. The gifts of the Spirit give you power to produce inner fruit and outer fruit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Am I going too fast? Okay. You, how am I, is, my pace is good, all right? Come on. Give me a vote. Come on. The rest of you are lying, you know. Donkeys shake their heads, too, okay? It said... A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Spiritual gifts, sp- gifts of the Spirit such as prophecy, words of wisdom, tongues, miracles, and faith. These are gifts given by the Spirit in a moment for the benefit of other people. It's not a benefit for you. It's a benefit for others. Are you hearing I'm going somewhere with this. You see, because people are, well, I got to get this. I got to have that. And then I'm more spiritual than someone else. No, you're not. What it is, it's, it's the fruits. It's the byproducts. When you love God and fill with the Spirit, these things are going to be natural outcomes of what comes out of your life. If you're a healthy person, these things are going to come out of your life because you're going to be motivated. Your motive is not about, it, your motive changes. Why do I do the things I do and who do I do them for? That should answer your motive. And see, right here, it says the Holy Spirit gives these gifts so we can help others in ways we, you can't do it naturally. Hello? You see, to, the gifts of the Spirit gives us power to reach people. Okay, first thing, you reach people. Acts says it like this, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me. It's not me, it's about him. That's what he's saying. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that's reaching people. Building lives is this, 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. What is the church? The church is us. It's a people. It's not a, busy, it's not a physical building. The church are people that love God. You see, today we're going to look at the inner fruit. Okay, I'm, I'm right here at the message, okay? We're going to look at the inner fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians, let's go back to Galatians 5, and it's just, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. We talked about it. Love, joy, okay, peace, patience. Okay, look at me. How many of you have had to deal with patience since you've had COVID? All of us have had to deal with patience. How many of you have been stuck behind someone and you had to deal with patience? If you have a little children that don't understand quite everything, you still have to, you have to deal with patience. Come on. You know? And, and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But it's all made of, let, let me just say, all of those are wrapped up and motivated by love. Notice it says fruit. It, it says the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. 
It says the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have one grape on a vine. You have a cluster. It always grows together. If you're going to grow in God, all of these things are going to be manifested coming out of your life, coming out of your mouth, coming out of your actions. It's not what you say. It's really sometimes what you do. You back up what you say with what you do to help people. Come on. And so notice, you see, we tend to separate these traits, but the Holy Spirit wants you to grow in all of these. How do we live an inner fruitful lives? I love coming here because y'all ask good questions. <laughs> the first point is fruit is a byproduct of staying connected to the source. It's just, Jesus said it like this, and John, if you abide in me and I abide in you, that your fruit will remain. In other words, John 15, 5 said, I'm the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's religion. Religion's not going to change you. Look at me. I grew up, my mother was Methodist, my dad was Baptist, his mother was Jehovah Witness, my mom's mama was charismatic, my mom left my dad married a man that was Catholic. I didn't need religion, I needed my state of confusion. Okay? And so what happens right here is, it says, have you ever, have you ever walked past a tree, a fruit tree? How many of you ever noticed, the fruit trees don't groan, groan and moan when it's producing fruit. Oh, what you doing? I'm trying to make fruit. No, no, because as long as it's connected to the source, the fruit, it produces fruit naturally. Hello, just like your life. Your life will produce things, whatever it is. The Bible says life and death in the power of the tongue. How do you know? If you talk to your wife, my wife's somewhere in the church talking to someone, but when I answer the phone... This is what I say. I name my wife. I mean, you know, you name people by what you call them. Hey, baby. Or I'll go, hey, beautiful. I name my wife. I don't go, you old bag of dirt. What you doing today? <laughs> you have a return. You don't want that one. Same is true Spiritually. The fruit of the Spirit comes as you stay connected. Don't focus on trying to produce fruit. Focus on staying connected to the source. The second thing, fruit takes time. Listen, when you walk with the Lord, it's a progression of growth. Hello? How many of you know when you got got tomato plants, you got the little suckers that grow between the... The thing, sometimes you have to take those suckers out because what it's doing, it's taking off energy to be able to get to the fruit. But if you, you, you take those things, you prune it back, it produces sweeter and better fruit. Come on. It's the same way with God in our own lives. God didn't give me cancer. God allowed me to have to deal with cancer, but I'm still trusting him. Do you understand? And through cancer, can I tell you, I've been blessed with cancer. How can you say that? Because you know what it's done? It's pruned my heart. It's pruned my life. You know, I see things differently. I sense things differently. I see people with a greater eye of compassion. 
When I go to the hospital, I have a mission. I'm there to pray for the nurses, encourage people that are in the chemo chairs like me and all those things. And I go, look, they know who I am over there. Ooh, come past the, the nurses, and when I was, they heard that I was not going to be coming anymore, they're going, oh, no, we, we miss you. I go, I'm thinking in my head, I don't miss you. <laughs> but I do miss the opportunity to have a relationship with people and the opportunity to pray with people, to encourage people. Are you hearing me? Yeah. You know, because, you know, just like I could talk to you about the chair, no one would be there, but I was there. It wasn't me. It was the power of God. It was the prayer of the saints. I know that. When they called me by my CT scan and said, your, your white blood cells are normal, your red blood cells, your kidney's normal, the function around your kidney. I've had three liver resections. I can't have another one. Listen, and they told me you were normal, and they said you're normal. And I, told, I said, can, you, can I get my wife on the phone and you tell her I'm normal? <laughs> but I felt different emotions. You know what I felt? First of all, I was humble. My emotion was to cry. But the other emotion was, shoot! <laughs> I mean, I came out of the bathroom. You can figure out what I was doing in the bathroom when they called. But... I came out of the bathroom and my, my son was there, my, young, my baby boy and my, wife, my daughter's cat. And I shouted, yes, thank you, God. That cat lost three lives. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having emotions. Just don't let them be your leaders. See, it, fruit, fruit takes time. Hebrews says, so don't allow your heart to grow dull and lose your enthusiasm. Sounds like a dead church to me. But follow the example of those who are fully, that who fully receive what God has promised because, because of their strong faith and patient endurance. Just because you don't, can't see your growth doesn't mean you're not growing. I went some. My, some of my grand, I have six grandkids in Nashville. And Tracy and I went oh, about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, during COVID. We said, the heck with that. We can't fly. We're going to drive. So we drove up to see my grandkids. And it had been, you know, been a little while since we'd seen them. And we were, we were like, oh, they've grown. But they've been living with each other. Had, you know, look in the mirror. They don't feel like they've been growing. I mean, at the beginning of COVID, I had a six-pack. Now I have a keg gut. But anyway, just. But you don't see the growth. God is not into fast fading fruit. He wants slow, gradual growth. Because see, sometimes, how many you know that some things when we're growing or we're learning things, you can't learn everything or have that growth fully because you, you, you just don't understand it. You don't see it. When it's gradual, all of a sudden you can learn from your mistakes. You can learn from, you know, decisions that weren't too, too bright. Come on. Because we've all been there. I'm not standing, I'm not a perfect man. I'm still a work in progress, just like you. You see, the, what happens is, God is not in the fast fading fruit. He wants slow, gradual. The third point is this, fruit is for the benefit of others. Fruit is not for the tree. It's for others to enjoy. Come on. Tre trees aren't cannibals. 
The fruit is for others to enjoy. The fruit of your life is for others to enjoy. Man, do you remember T-Boy when he was, man, he used to get fashed all the time. But look at him. He's nice. He's giving. He's generous. Come on. When, when you like people talk behind your back like that. I know what they were like before, but look at them now. My mom told me, she said, I remember when you got saved, you went into the room and you came out a different person. I'm like, wow, that's my mom. You see, when people come in contact with you and I, they should be able to taste and see. They go, man, God's good. If you can change T-boy to girl, whatever, then he can change me. Do you want to know what the church is known for today? Traditions, buildings, style. Most people can tell you what churches are against rather than what they're for. See, the Bible gives us one example of what we should be known for. John says it like this. He says, a new commandment I give you. This is Jesus' word. Love one another. And I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that word, if you break that word down in the Greek, it means if you're loyal. Love is about loyalty. My wife and I have been married 36 years. That doesn't mean we've always agreed. Come on. But we fight for what God wants in our lives, in our marriage. You see, this is, this is how our world will know that we're followers of Jesus. Galatians says it like this. In 5, he says, For the whole law can be summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if, here's a but and an if. It's where you put your but and if you do this. It's condition. Hello? How many of you put your butt in some bad places? The Bible's full of butts. But then, but. In other words, I always tell people, where's your butt in this? Are you going to sit on the fence on this? Are you going to let God change you? Are you going to deal with this attitude? Are you going to deal with what you got to deal with? You see, and he summed up one, love your neighbors. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, look what he says, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. But I say, let the Spirit guide your lives. Look at me. I want you to look at me. Just because you become a Christian does not mean that you won't ever argue with your mate again. But you won't. Some people fight unfair. Hello. The worst thing you could do in your marriage is bring up the past. Do you remember when? Or here's another word. You always, no, it's not always, but you can use that word. You know, that's not, that's not fair. And then you never, come on. This is not a marriage course. But what I'm saying is, you know what God doesn't do, deal, how God corrects us? He never brings up the past. He always points us to the future. You can, you will, if you trust me. But if... It's conditional. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you, the Bible says, into all truth. 
In other words, what he wants to do is he wants to guide you and lead you even through your marriage. Because let me tell you something. If you can change in your marriage, you can about change in anything. But Pastor Bubba, you don't know my husband. Lord, that's a cool yarn. He does this, he said that, he never changes, he's like a stick in the mud. I've heard it all. You know, you know the people go, but, 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 Pastor, you don't know. Pastor Bubba, you don't know my wife. She's the devil's sister. But you let God, let someone get touched and changed on the inside, get filled with the power of God, they're a changed person. May 15, 1980, on a Wednesday, I had enough of living for Bubba McCann. That's 40 years ago. That's like crazy. I was three when I got sick. No. I can remember. I didn't get, God didn't speak to me the first time in a church. He spoke to me the first time in Baton Rouge at a concert. I went to go see the babies, the police and journey. Okay? And we were waiting. And you, the aroma in the place smelled much different than this one. <laughs> People were lighting their lighters, waiting. And the guy from the babies got up and to start beating a cymbal, a gong. Okay? Big gong. And he was doing his drum solo, and he started beating the cheese out of this gong. <laughs> and the crowd goes crazy. And guess what God does? He decides he wants to speak to me. It didn't sound like this. Baba, this is the Lord. You're stupid. What are you doing here? You know what he did? He asked me a question. Are these people happy? And I started looking around. No. This is what I came to conclude. They need things to make them happy. And the Lord asked me the big question. Are you happy? I just felt it in my heart. The voice, that voice that I'd been pushing away. Because see, before that concert, for weeks, I'd been praying, God, if you're real, show me. I got caught in the middle of a storm. We were tied to a sea buoy for 11 days. I had my Bible in the bottom of my backpack because here was my deal. If the boat sinks and the helicopter goes down, at least I brought my Bible and that's my ticket to heaven. Somehow me and God can work it out. You know, maybe. Just strange ideas we have. And I said, no. He asked me, are you happy? I go, no, I'm not happy. I need things. The next day, I called my mom. I said, mom, my God had been doing a work in my sister's life. And I said, mom, you think you can get that guy that that's been talking to Pam, my sister. And she goes, you stay right there. She didn't take any chances. She said, stay right there. I'm coming to pick you up because I had my own place. I was 19. I was working for the world's largest surveying company, John Chanson Associates at that time, making crazy killer money back then. And my mom said, she brought me, and then that's where I met Pastor Jacob, Aranza. She brought me, and he started telling me about the Lord. And he said, if you, he said, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth's not in you. But he said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. 
and to cleanse you from all, all your unrighteousness, all your deeds. And at that moment, I said, I want to know Jesus. And I prayed. And he said, Bubba, God's got a gift for you after I prayed. And he goes, I said, I want it. What, what? I mean, it's his Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you with his power to help you live the life. And I remember when I asked God to fill me with his Holy Spirit, I felt like love and fire cleansing coming from the bottom of my legs, just coming up. And I started to speak in other tongues. I started to cry. I started to laugh. I never had that many emotions at one time. I wasn't a woman. You know, I mean, just all that coming up at one time. But I I walked out of it, I felt freedom. I felt for the first time I could be free. I didn't care what people thought about me. I didn't have to be anybody but myself. When I asked my, I saw my wife, she goes, are you ready for the message? I said, yeah, I'm about as ready as I can be. And, and she said, just be yourself. I said, well, I've tried being other people. I'm the best Bubba I can be. And I can remember going back to my apartment, getting rid of all my pornography. I had a 55-gallon trash bag, putting my pornography in that bag, putting all the, the pipes and the stuff that I used to, and my drugs, and put it in that bag. And I got albums back then. It was albums. Y'all, you know what album? Okay, anyway. And I remember I had albums. I started breaking up albums. I didn't think I needed to listen to that stuff anymore. I started throwing it in there. And then my roommate walked in, my best friend. He goes, hey, 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 what are you doing? What's going on, Bubba? I go, man, it's my devil bag. I gave my life to Jesus. He goes, yeah, but half those records you're breaking are mine. I didn't think he needed to listen to them either. But anyway. The next day, I was on McKinley Street, which is a strip in Lafayette, where they used to have bars, the keg, Mother's Mantle. I mean, I'd go the French Quarter. I mean, that's where I used to hang out. And I started telling people about Jesus right there. And I started leading people to Jesus. And long story, then we started the campus years later. I, started, I was with Pastor Jacob in Lafayette. They sent me out to Jennings. And you know the story. And then we started this campus. And we started Crowley Campus. And you're just a byproduct. Hello. You're just a byproduct of the fruit of what God does in a person. Hello. Because one day when we die, people will tell our story. Come on. And some people may be telling your story right now. I had a guy who was doing a, a prison. I used to go to the prisons and juvenile detention homes before I was a pastor and, and just go visit and talk to guys there. I used to go preach on different churches on Sunday mornings and do uh, rallies uh, for high schools and junior highs, Red Ribbon, Blue Ribbon, Drug Week, whatever week. You know what I mean? And I, I remember, and one guy came to me and goes, Hey, Bubba, I want to tell, we were going to do a prison revival. I was going to speak. They asked me to come in at the federal prison in Oakdale to go speak there. Can't even remember the name, but anyway, doesn't matter. And I remember going there, and the guy goes, "Hey, Bubba, I got to pull me aside." He goes, "I just got to tell you something." I said, "What's up?" He goes, "Thank you so much. You might not know this, but my son was in juvenile detention center. When he was there, you would come, and he gave his life to Jesus. I want to tell you right now, he's he finished Bible college, and he's going to be a pastor. I've learned this: it's not how you start the race." It's how you finish the race. Everybody got a beginning. Come on. You might be the Thibodeau from the other side of the Nepeke River or Bayou. And everybody on that side is crazy. But God may want to call you out and let the world see what he can do in a person. Am I making sense here? 
What I'm talking about is not something that I just have all these, these methods or these points, but I'm talking about lives. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit and the, the production of the fruit that comes is motivated out of love to reach other people, to love other people, to see people with the eyes of Jesus. You see, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 focus on the spiritual gifts, but you know what 1 uh, uh, Corinthians 13 is focused on? Love. If I speak, this we say, if I speak with all languages on the earth and of angels, but don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. That's what makes me think about that concert. I know a lot of people like that. They know all the right things. They're religious. But they're not lovers of Jesus. Chapter 13 is referred to as the love love chapter. I believe this. God's love. Look at me. I want to see the why. God's love is the greatest force in the universe. Not Star Wars, not the force be with you. I mean, it's God's love. Love is the greatest evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, let, let love be your highest goal, but you should always desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Why, does, why do we desire spiritual gifts? So we can love better. Why does God allow us? I mean, times God's given me things to go talk to people. He spoke, go talk to this person. I went and talked to them, and God opened up a whole thing for that person. I've, I've, I broke down on the, on the side of a highway one time, and God told me to go talk to a guy because he was fixing commit adultery on his, life, on his wife for me to go do, talk to him. God's told me to go to certain places, and we've gotten buildings given to us. God's, y'all pray, because uh, this Monday we're talking to a guy for the Crowley campus to get their own building. We've been praying over a building, talking over a building. So this Monday I'm talking to the owner, and here's my thing. I'm asking him to give it to us, okay? You got to start somewhere. May as well start there, you know? All he can say is no, or he can think about it. So why? Why do we desire so we can benefit the kingdom of God. Because see, what I'm talking about is not religion. It's about the kingdom of God. It's much different. It does, God, look, when you, get, when you meet Jesus face to face, it's not going to be about what religion you were part of, what denomination you were part of. It's not going to have a road that you missed Sunday. I remember, you know, 2020, you missed. Even though it was COVID, you were supposed to go. No, it's not that. He's going to look at you and say, hey, my son, hey, my daughter, into your, enter into your rest. Why? Because you knew him. You were intimate with him. 